You're going to hear three great mini messages from three great young adults in our church, all right, around the small thing that can make a big difference in their life. And we've got, uh, you know, we've got such amazing young adults in our church, world-changing young adults, just uh, incredible people who are going to transform the world. I've got no doubt about it. Danielle and I are so proud of, of the people God's brought to us. And each of the three guys who are going to share tonight uh, have either done or are doing the internship program in our church which is one of the ways that uh, people give time to God to really let Him speak in it and shape their life. And so these three young people are fantastic young people. And so the very first one, and uh, you need to make sure that tonight we are an enthusiastic, encouraging church to make it easy for these great young preachers. The very first one's name is Alex Fitch. Now, Alex, hold, 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 hold. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a little intro, Alex. You have to wait. Yeah, just wait. Just sit down for a moment. I want to just tell you about Alex before she comes to preach. Because uh, Alex is one of our young adult leaders. She runs a great young adult connect group. Uh, she's been one of the, the youth leaders uh, under Josh and Shekinah back in the day. She's one of our great youth leaders. She's on team here at church, involved in running events. And Alex has a fantastic personality. She's a bubbly person to be around. Very buoyant. Uh, she's got a wonderful, she's a wonderful encourager. If you hang around Alex long enough, you will feel super encouraged. She's got a real strong uh, prophetic gift and she's got a big future in God. So why don't you stand on your feet and welcome tonight Alex Fitch as she comes. Here you go. And the band can go. Thank you guys. You've done a great job. Oh, I was getting excited that I could do that. That's all good. You can grab your seats. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor John. And I just love to, any time I get up and speak, I just would love to honor our senior pastors right now. Would you give it up for Pastor John and Dan? Thank you so much to the both of you from the bottom of my heart for everything that you do that goes seen and unseen. And I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the leadership of you guys close and afar. So thank you so much. Awesome. And I just love to start off tonight by prayer because we are a people of prayer. So I just love for you to close your eyes. Yes, Lord, we just thank you that we're two or more gathered, Lord, that you'll be here with us. We thank you, Lord, that there is an open heaven over this house tonight. We thank you, Jesus, that you are speaking to hearts right now, God, that you're revealing yourself more and more to people. We thank you, God, and we just give you all the honor, all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. We're all looking so good tonight. I'm so excited to be up here speaking to you. So have you ever had a moment in your life where you just kind of look around and you're like, yep, everything's going pretty good for me. <laughs> everything's going really awesome. You know, everything's going along swimmingly. Nothing seems to be going really wrong. No problems or anything like that. Um, well, I have had one of those seasons. I've had a few of those seasons, but one that I want to talk to you about tonight specifically was in 2014. Um, everything was going so awesome. You know, I'd been in church for a couple of years. I'd been um, completely transformed and going on a journey of transformation. I'd done uh, my first year internship. I was working here at the church and I was in youth ministry and I had an incredible bunch of friends around me that we all loved God. We're all planted in the house and we all just wanted to bring him glory. And this was my this is living Barry moments. I love Australian pop culture. If you don't get it, it's an ad. You should Google it. It's fine. <laughs> but this for me... Um, was a time where I just felt so encouraged and was growing so much. And, you know, before I met Jesus, I really struggled emotionally. Um, I used boys, alcohol and drugs to fill this big black vo like void in my life that was full of loneliness um, and low self-esteem issues. 
Um, when I came to church and when I gave my life to God, I felt all of that go away and I was completely overwhelmed by his grace and forgiveness. And then one day, as things do, out of the blue, things changed. Um, and for me, a few of my friends left church. And this for me was a really gut-wrenching moment, um, coming in and having all of them there and then seeing them leave. And I felt that sense of loneliness try and start to creep its way back in. And in turn, I found it really hard coming to church um, and not having those people around me to support me. And it was in this moment that I decided to make a decision within myself that I was going to take a small step that was actually going to be one of the biggest decisions I made in my life. And um, I'd love with you if you brought your Bibles to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25 in the Amplified Version I'm going to be speaking out of tonight. Um, and it says, let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is, habit, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return is approaching. I decided that no matter what I was feeling, that I would keep turning up for church. That was the small decision that I made in my life. You know, it didn't matter if I was freaking out and I didn't want to come here and sit here by myself. I decided I was going to keep turning up. If I was afraid of what people were thinking about me, it didn't matter. I was going to keep turning up. If I was scared that I wasn't going to make any more friends, it didn't matter. I was going to keep turning up. When I felt discouraged and that my walk with God was going backwards, it didn't matter because I kept turning up. I refused to what I let I was uh, I refused to what to let what I was feeling and going through at the time overwhelm me and take a hold of my life and try and dictate who I was. I refused to base my faith on my feelings at the time. I refused to drop out of church and instead I decided to as the scripture says not forsake the gathering together of believers. This for me meant coming to every single church service possible. At the time, it was only two. We've got three now, which is awesome. Um, I attended every Connect group. I ran Connect group. I attended United meetings. I attended launch. I attended women's conference, which you should all go register if you haven't because it's going to be incredible. But I decided to let a dry season in my life become a rich season. And in one of the Psalms, it says that we have to be like a tree planted and fed by streams of water. When I picture a tree, I see its roots go deep down into a stream of water. And when I look at a tree, I see something that's well-nourished, growing, fruitful, and most of all, enduring. What I find really interesting, though, what happens to a tree in winter is when everything gets cold and the leaves starts to fall off, it becomes barren and it can look on the surface like it's dead. But if a tree is planted, it survives. If a tree is planted in due season, that tree will flourish again. If it's planted, the harshness and the barrenness of the season won't affect it because of the fact that it is planted. But if you look at a tree that's been uprooted, it would freeze and it would die. What I'm so grateful for is that God kept me planted in this house, that I made that decision. And what he did in me during that season was incredible. I didn't forsake going to church because I knew that if I uprooted myself and left, that I would be cut off and I would die. Sometimes it's necessary for us to have a season of isolation in our lives. This season allows us to go deeper into God and press into him. God, uses, God used this season of isolation in my life to reinforce my identity in him and go deeper with him in prayer. God wants your identity to be strong. He wants you to realize who you are and who he has called you to be. The devil is trying to take you out of church any way possible with any little subtle attack. But if you make a commitment to keep turning up, 
and not forsake the gathering of the believers, to be immersed in his presence in this house, God will whisper to you your true identity. Your identity is something that God can speak to you through a moment of worship here at church, through connect groups, through united, through a preach, but he can establish your identity through prayer. Turning up kept me in a constant environment of prayer. There is a spirit of prayer on this house that's unlike any other I've ever felt. There's a powerful saying that says the devil can't stop God from answering your prayers, but he can stop you from praying them, which is just like, boom. (laughs) My life and my friends I know now today are the fruit of my constant being in this house, my constant prayer for planting myself and letting my roots go deep, for continually believing and praying. We need to, as a body of believers, refuse to let the devil have a hold over us. We need to stop feeling sorry for ourselves, pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, take the authority that he has given you and declare that your circumstances will turn around through prayer. When God takes Ezekiel, who was a prophet in the Old Testament, to a valley of dry bones, everything that Ezekiel needed was in that valley to make an army, even though it looked dry and desolate. God said to Ezekiel in verse 7 to prophesy it into existence. We have to prophesy. We have to speak to that mountain and tell it to be removed. What's in your life right now that you need to speak to and declare? Is it discouragement? Is it a feeling of loneliness? Is it being connected to the wrong friends? Or is it a season of barrenness? In Ezekiel 37, 9, it says, Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into this slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath entered them, and they stood up and came to life on their feet, a vast army. I just want to encourage you tonight to keep turning up, to keep being immersed in this house. Let this spirit of prayer get on you and rise up so we can become a mighty army for God to see his kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you. The next young adult is a great young adult. He's close to my heart. His name is Jackson Pierce. I'm going to introduce you to him. He serves on the, well, he served in many different areas in the life of our church. Currently, he serves uh, with Dan and Eb in the youth term, helping out in the youth team, helping out with events. Uh, he's part of our worship team, and he makes coffees in the morning. Which those of us who love coffee, that is, uh, that's very important to the whole flow of the anointing of God in this church. Uh, Jackson is full of life and energy. He's the ultimate networker. He knows so many people on the Sunshine Coast. He's been faithfully serving in this church for for more than a decade, and uh, he has a strong character. He's got a a resilience on the inside of him that causes him to bounce back time and time again. He's a natural leader with a great future. Would you stand and welcome to the pulpit, Jackson Pierce. Hello. How are we today? You guys can grab your seats. Man, I tell you, the authority I've been given here tonight is ridiculous. I don't know how I got past. You know, I could ask you all to stand up again. You kind of have to. Um, someone grab the blackboard. That, no, just kidding. That'd be great. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. 
Hey, it's so cool to see everyone here tonight come out to church uh, to worship God. But uh, I want to give a shout out to Dan Frecker. Um, I serve, um, yeah, uh, under Dan and Eb, our youth pastors uh, for youth, and they are absolutely insane. Uh, like these guys are seriously the bomb. Um, we just released our culture for youth, which is to love Jesus, to serve Jesus, to love people, and to win people. And it like it's so insane. Like we know that like culture builds momentum, and like the culture that Dan and Eb have brought into our youth and are growing into our youth is seriously insane. And I love you. I love you, Dan. But um, <laughs> yeah, come on, give Dan, give Dan a cheer. We should probably read the Bible, hey, before we get carried away. All right, I'm going to read. I'll read from the Bible. Oh, can we get on the screens? That'd be cool. All right, we're going to read Matthew 10, 39. It says, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake, that's Jesus, not mine, will find it. And so I'm going to talk tonight about uh, the step that you take uh, in our Christian's life, where you come and you find Jesus, and it's super rad, but that's uh, that step that you take, where you finally find out that this isn't all about me. You know, we kind of go, "Hey, we're, yeah, thank you. I learned that one. I learned that one. Thank you very much. Yeah, we got to thank you." Where we take the step and we go, "Hey, I'm not here for just me." You know, we're called to be like Jesus and he came for everybody else, you know. And so I've learned this through serving. Um, I've served a lot in church. Not all of it was forced. I did want to serve. Um, yeah, just to make that clear. Hey, but I got a few points that I'm going to spit out. But uh, before I do, um, if <laughs> I'm not like literally spit them out. Like if I can, I'll take a step back and we'll do that. But um, before we do, if I... Uh, for feedback, if you want me to like hurry up or you want me to be more pumped up, there's two things that you can yell, and that is, hello. That's a really good one. I like that. That's, no, all right. We won't try that one. Hello. No, okay. Uh, and the other one is, that'll preach. You know, that'll preach. You know, all right. You know what? Look, won't catch on. All right, whatever. <laughs> all right, whatever. It's all downhill from here then, eh? Hey, the first point is that it grows us. Serving grows us. It may stretch us. It's not, it's not what I mean, but it grows us. So when you... <laughs> that'll preach. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. You know. <laughs> yeah, come on. That'll preach. That's good. You know, uh, we join a team. If you haven't joined a team, I would encourage you to join a team. But when you join a team, uh, not everyone, we don't kind of be like, oh, let's group the people who just signed the form and we'll put them on a brand new team so that they're all together and they have no idea what to do. You know, you join a team, there's people that have been around for years and years. They've got their roots deep in the Christ. They know what they're doing. And so being alongside them, you just... Like your influence, you're grown. You know, like that was me with Pastor Josh. I kind of like, oh yeah, like this is cool. And just, you know, like little one-off comments. It's like, stop being a little punk. And I was like, yes, Jesus. It was really good. But, you know, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Pastor Josh. But being a bit serving and alongside other people who have been doing the right thing for years and years, you grow. You, like, you seriously grow. And it's really cool. And the second one is that you learn stuff. Like you learn stuff uh, transferable skills, you know. I, I remember I started uh, on the coffee cart. Well, it wasn't a coffee cart. It was hospitality seven years ago. Um, 
I kind of signed up because there were brickies at the end of the service and I could get out of the service uh, quicker. But uh, I started there and uh, I started making coffee um, and I learned from there. No, it was really good and a transfer skill. I know uh, one of the guys here, Joel Anderson, he learned, he started serving on the coffee cart and then he got a job down the road at MJ's. I know that Sophie Bonnet serves in creation. She just finished her cert three in childcare. You know, these things in church, you know, it's not just you come do it at church it actually is a real world thing these kingdom principles aren't just in the church you know yeah come on that'll preach that'll preach all right all right all right thank you thank you very much you know, um, I got a third point, which is good, uh, is that serving surrounds us. There's more people. You know, it opens doors. Uh, you know, I, I served up in Coolum uh, with a few guys. I served with Dave and Marina, these guys, and I love them so much. But out of that, out of serving alongside, they used to pick me up at like 6.30 a.m. in the morning. We'd go to Coolum. We'd like pack stuff, and we just pack down. It was like six hours long. It was awesome. Um, and out of that, now... Um, like just this week, I was in Dave's office, uh, like studying and learning what Dave does for his business outside of church, which is so rad. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. And <laughs> with surrounding us, there's people like I've got like Dave and a few of the guys, like people like Keegan, who literally breathes encouragement like insane like people that will call me up during the week like jackson how are you like i want to buy you a beer i'm like i don't drink that's a lie um and i'm like people will buy me a meal people will like send me a text and be like hey jackson what's going on like what's up you know where are you you know where are you in life and people who have got my back forgot that i've served alongside and it's so cool it's funny it's funny how the kingdom of god works you know we're out here trying to get the right people, you know, around us, um, you know, people like influence us, you know, so we grow quickly, you might have a business and you want that to grow quicker, you know, it's, uh, you're trying to upskill and get better work, you're learning skills, you know, we're always looking to network and meet more people, you know, for new opportunities, you know, we all want incredible friends who have our backs all the time, you know, and it's funny that this is all happening in the church, you know, incredible influences, tick, transferable skills, tick, open doors, tick, incredible friendships, tick, this comes from serving, and it's, can I get that scripture back up, Matthew 10, 39, as a, whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it, it's so cool that as we give our lives to Christ, and serve in the church, that there's so much that we benefit from, simply because we give our lives to Christ, for his sake. Hey, I'm going to pray if you could close your eyes. Dear God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your house, a place where we can come together in one accord to serve and worship you. We thank you tonight, Lord, as we step out to serve, that you will speak to us about how we can serve you and your church. We thank you and we ask for your protection and for your guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the next young man who is going to uh, preach and share with us right now, his name, he's already been up here tonight. He's already led us in worship. His name is Isaac Childs, okay? 
And Isaac is an amazing young man. He's been in our church for almost four years. He's currently doing the, the last part of his second year internship. Uh, he is an anointed worship leader, no doubt about it. He's a creative songwriter. I believe that people all around the world are going to sing songs that Isaac writes here as part of our team. Uh, there's a great uh, depth to Isaac. He is the real deal. There's no doubt about it. He's the real deal. He's a genuine heart for people. He's a great uh, encourager of people and he oozes leadership. So we're excited, Isaac, where God's taking you. Why don't we stand on our feet and welcome him to the pulpits. Come on, come on. Well, um, please be seated. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know who that guy was, but I'm standing in his place, so bear with me while I try to live up to that expectation. No, hey, before I go any further, and I know it's already been done uh, tonight, but can I just take an opportunity to honor our senior leaders, uh, Pastor John and Dan? Here's the reason why. I love the fact that they lead a church that doesn't just preach good news, but it empowers people to live the fullness that God's got for them. He's trusting uh, a person like myself to hop on stage to be released into the fullness of what God's called me to be. And he doesn't just do that for a select group of people. They do it for everyone. And let's just give them a hand. And there's a second shout out that I want to do super quick. Um, It's actually to my man, Harry. He doesn't know me too well. Can you stand up for me, Harry? How awesome is it to have the real Slim Shady in the building? <laughs> Come on, you, like it's it's there, right? Am, am I inheriting Pastor John's doppelganger anointing? I don't know if you've. It's flowing, it's flowing. We're we're sitting. Anyway, I'm gonna get straight into things. I'm so excited to be speaking about this topic of small things, big differences. And um, I'm gonna be reading from the book of Hebrews, uh, going from chapter 12 and from verse one. And it says this: Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin which so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Are you ready for this? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to talk about fixing our focus. Now, I have a confession. I have some flaws. I don't know if anyone who knows me hasn't probably figured that out yet. But here's the thing. Like, I've got, I've got like this awesome relationship with my mom. She loves me dearly. But she has this one huge issue with me, right? Whenever we have to have like an in-depth conversation or if she's like trying to get me to do chores and there is a TV within any proximity of our conversation, everything that she tries to say to me goes out the window. Like, oh, like I was, I was talking to her about it today, and um, it's funny. Whenever I see like a pile of clothes on the lounge, I'll volunteer to fold the clothes. And I'm like, yeah, mum, it'll be sweet. But really, what I'm doing is I'm like folding the clothes and turning on Netflix. And then three hours later, she comes back to find maybe three of them done. Yeah. So here's here's the here's the you know tie-in with that story in this scripture. Jesus has an abundant life planned out for us, right? The scripture was saying that he, he wants a, a lifelong journey involved intimately in our lives that, that causes, like, that involves us running with perseverance. And he's got all these incredible things that he wants us to do for him and he wants to do with us. However, there's obstacles and distractions that we come, come across with every step that try to take us off that path. 
And, it's, and we, we see here that it's only through fixing our eyes on Jesus that we can actually live that lifelong journey to the finish. Here's the thing. He, he's called the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, which means that it all starts and finishes. It, it's every step we're taking is fixing our eyes on Jesus. Because who knows, right? If I'm running a race, I mean, some of you may be a lot more skilled than me, but if I'm trying to run and I'm just looking somewhere else, I'm going to just go, A over, that drop, and that's a bad time. In a similar context, <laughs> if we're not focusing, fixing our eyes on Jesus, we stray. And all of a sudden, in our, in our pursuit of Jesus, we actually find ourselves like 50 kilometers that way, and we're trying to find our way back on our own strength. I want to talk a little bit more practically about what fixing our eyes on Jesus looks like. And for me, for me, that's through praise and worship. Because here's the thing, I don't, like, I don't know if you guys have understand this. I'm assuming a lot of you would, but what we did tonight is so much more than singing songs, right? I mean, you may be very well new here and you're wondering why that is, that is a thing, why we're singing songs, what's that all about? Here's the thing. Praise and worship is an opportunity to come together, put our eyes off of ourselves and off of our circumstances, and we're drawing near to Jesus. Where, when it's, you'll hear this word like magnifying Jesus. What's that all about? All it is, is, is making the image of Jesus bigger in our lives so that everything else becomes smaller. It gives us, it gives us a perspective shift because when we recognize the, the size and the, 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 the limitless power of the Creator God, as we fix our eyes on Him, everything else becomes easy. And here's the thing, though. Praise and worship is like, it's incredible when we come here to do it on a Sunday. And, you know, we, we, we receive and we, we get strengthened. But then we come Monday... And the reality of our circumstances is still there. So we understand that fixing our eyes on Jesus and magnifying Him is actually something that is meant to be done so much more than a Sunday. Yeah, that'll, that'll preach. That's good. Appreciate, appreciate that encouragement. And, you know, for me, when, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I live that out, when I'm seeking Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis, I, my go-to scripture is in Psalm 63. And it's, we're going from verse 1, and it says this, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. We'll stop it there. Here's the thing. You know, we're in an incredible environment where we're receiving encouragement. You know, we're, we're receiving from Jesus or we're, we're starting to feel emotions stir up in our, in, in our, in our lives and in, in our circumstances, in our minds. But then we come back into our everyday. And for, for some of us here, and I know, I know for myself personally, I mean, I'm not exactly a veteran of the faith. I've got so much further to go. But I know that I've been through my seasons. I've been through seasons of prosperity. and I've been through my seasons of hardship. And those seasons of hardship have felt like, dry and parched lands where there is no water. And we are, and you, if you've been in church for any season of time, you will know that Jesus is referred to, or the Holy Spirit is referred to as living water. So in, on Sunday, we have an opportunity to open our hearts and we receive love, peace, joy, wisdom. We receive strength. We receive who we are in Jesus. And we, we get that, that infilling of water as we fix our eyes on Jesus, right? But then we go into that dry and parched land and all of that water eventually evaporates. But it's only through continuously fixing our eyes on Jesus, continually to lift him up, that we continue to receive water. Otherwise, 
The water dries up and all of a sudden we have little desire to be in church. We have little desire to know who Jesus is. Yeah, it's, it, it, it hits you heavy. It hits you heavy. And um, yeah, so I would, just, I would just encourage you. We're going to finish up. A couple questions to leave you guys with. What is currently in your life that is distracting you from pursuing Jesus and continuously fixing your eyes? Is it the impossibility of your circumstance? Is it, are you looking in on yourself and all you're thinking is, I can't possibly do this in my own strength? What is it for you? And what's the next thing that you can do? Or how can you shift your gaze? I mean, look, praise and worship, you do not have to sing well. Let me just, let me just speak that out. Because here's the thing. It's not, it's, obviously, there is, like this scripture is talking about singing. But all the way, like the principle is that we're lifting up Jesus. In, in, those, in those situations, you can do that by talking. You don't have to sing. You can, you can say, Jesus, you are good. Jesus, I choose to trust you. You don't have to sing that. But in the same principle, you're magnifying Jesus. You're fixing your attention towards him. So my encouragement and my question is, as I finish, what's the, what is something or what, in what situation can you magnify Jesus? What time can you put aside? What do you need to do away with as a distraction to fix your attention towards him?